Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, thank you for joining me today. I am Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and I'm always glad when you are joining me. And, and I really want you to know I'm very proud of you if you're listening to this show because these, are, these shows can be kind of challenging. They really uh, make us have to be a little bit more introspective and to really have to take responsibility for ourselves. But remember, the whole point of this is we really want to be the best version of ourselves. We want to be our own best version. This is one of the ways we honor God. This is one of the ways that we set ourselves apart from the world, that we be in the world, but we are not of the world. So we want to be different. We want to look different. We want to, people to experience us differently and to see how different and positive and healthy and strong our relationships are so that they will want to have what we have. Because remember, this is how Jesus changed the world. It was through relationship. It wasn't all about education. In fact, he didn't, he didn't do a lot of educating. He did a lot of hanging out. He did a lot of, of interactive things. He told parables and stories, healed people. This is how the world was changed. So when we, when we talked on Monday, I, I gave you this, um, this uh, Dr. Seuss quote, which I really like. And it says, he says, sometimes the questions are complicated and the answers are simple. So what we are wanting to do as humans is we want to be less complicated people and more complex, because complexity is interesting. Complicating is frustrating, overwhelming, sometimes irritating and annoying, right? So complexity causes us to be curious about that person. That's a person that is really on top of themselves, knows themselves very well, knows how to bring out the best in themselves, which many times brings out the best in others. So I said also on that, that Monday about the idea that, you know, we, 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 have, we talked about appropriate expectations on Monday. And, we, and I said, you know, you've heard that saying, hey, no, no expectations, no disappointments. Well, I wish it worked that way, but we cannot not have expectation. No matter how hard we try, we do. And we often are disappointed when the expectations are inappropriate. So what we want is to say that we, we don't want inappropriate expectations. What we want is appropriate expectations so that we have the intimacy that we desire. Because if we don't have appropriate expectations, we will not have intimacy. So yesterday, we talked all about all these different uh, gender differences. We talked about then some basic temperament dif differences. And when we say temperament, that's kind of like your muscular, your, your muscular system versus personality is your um, like skeletal system. And so temperament is, it, it's kind of moves back and forth on continuums. And we talked about the extroversion, introversion scale, which is this is where we draw our energy from and where our focus is. And so it's either internal or 
if we're extroverted, our focus is external more often. And then we talked about sensing versus intuitive people. And this is what information is most relevant to us, what kind of information we naturally notice. And sensing people notice details more. They are, they are very methodical. They like rules. They like to know what is expected of them. They are not as high risk taking. Intuitives, on the other hand, the information that's important to them is the big picture. So they have a tendency to look at the details, make a big picture, and then throw the details out. Intuitive people are more focused on future, and they are, are usually a lot more risk-taking. And then we have the thinking and feeling people, and this is the way we make decisions and how we decide. And, and thinking people are going to make decisions based on truth and justice, right and wrong, um, the, these, and they are pretty confident about their decisions. They're the ones that always think they're right. And they, they always are telling people, you know, if I was wrong, it's because you gave me the wrong information. And so the feeling people, on the other hand, are not as, as committed to all the facts and the details and being right. They want to live in harmony. They want to be connected. And, and if the thinking people aren't careful, they can really overpower the feeling people because the feeling people want to be in harmony and they want to be in agreement. So this is, this is why we want to really think about, wow, which side of this am I on? And if you are interested in this, you can go online. And the site is called 16 Personalities. Or you can go to the Myers-Briggs Temperament Inventory site. And it's a free test. You can take it online. And it'll give you a, a four-letter score. And then you can have the interpretation. It'll give you some interpreting online there. And the last one was this judging versus perceiving. And this is our preference for a structured lifestyle, which is what we would call the judging people or the organizers, or a more flexible, spontaneous lifestyle. And this is the, what we call the perceiving people or the adapters. And uh, the best example is if you are more of an organizer, then you're going to want to organize the entire trip before you go. You're going to want to make sure you have everything that you need. Gas is in the car. Hotel is set. House is ready. Everything's taken care of. Whereas the, the adapting person, by the time you've organized it that well, they think you took all the fun out of it. They're the ones that want to jump in the car and just go, let's just go to the airport and the first plane that we can get on wherever it's going, let's go there. They don't worry if they have the clothes they need or whatever. They love the spontaneity of things. So when we look at personality traits, this is really the structure of our personality and how, how we, when God put us together, this is a hardcore structure. So the most frequently used model when we're understanding and defining personality is by Costa and McRae, and it's called the five-factor model. And this model includes five independent dimensions of personality. And when we measure this with people, it helps us to really understand what motivates them, what may be areas of weakness for them, what may be more stressful for them, and, and why they are always landing in the same place in terms of who they are as a person. This does not change. Whereas when we look at the Myers-Briggs, depending on 
how stressful your life is. You have kids, you don't have kids, you're retired, you do. You, you, get, you may be more flexible on those continuums as you're floating back and forth between the E and the I, the extroversion and introversion, because we have both sides of those in us. This per, the personality, on the other hand, is not necessarily having all these pieces and we are vacillating between them. These are, these are hard, hardcore um, tenets of your personality. So the first one that we measure is one that we call neuroticism. And there's, this is like six, there's six facets to this. Now, the neuroticism scale, I don't want you to get caught up in that word neurotic, because there's neuroses, and neuroses, that is a, that is a psychiatric condition. That's not to be confused with neurotic. Neuroticism is measuring how high-strung a person is. So it's, if you think about a bass guitar versus a violin, a Stradivarius, okay, on that bass guitar, man, you got to pull that bass string to get any sound out of it. You have to practically hit it to get some sound. Whereas the high string on a Stradivarius violin you barely have to touch it, and it's affected. So when we measure neuroticism, this is, this is, there's a tendency for people that are highly neurotic to be more prone to anxiety, anxiousness. They're more high-strung. They can be more pessimistic. They worry more. They're more sensitive in many ways. W the world affects them more, all right? It's a little harder for them versus someone that is low on that neurotic scale, they're someone that's pretty, you know, they're, they're just chill. You know, they just kind of go with the flow. Things don't bother them that much. Things don't, you know, penetrate them that much. They're maybe much more accepting. They're not, they're not easily offended people. And so when we look at, wow, where am I? And I can, I can tell you for, honestly, I am high on the neuroticism scale. When I have taken these tests, I am highly neurotic, which means... I'm very sensitive and I'm very aware and I take things seriously and things are very important to me, but I also notice a lot of things. And so I'm also very um, intuitive and I'm, I'm very sensitive to the energy of a room or, or of a person. So there's some benefits to being highly neurotic and there's a lot of benefits to not being that high on the neuroticism scale. So the second, the second part of this with neuroticism is how this, this, these people can be more self-conscious. They can be more prone to depression sometimes. They can, they can be more prone to um, sorrow. That, you know, they're they're going to be much more affected by a movie or by the news. And so many of the people that I have on my caseload, if they are more, if they are more highly neurotic, I say to them, be careful how much of the news that you watch because it's going to affect you much more deeply. And it's going to be tougher for you. We also measure impulsiveness and vulnerability because people that are more highly neurotic have a harder time handling stress and it manifests in behaviors. So they may get very uh, neurotic about how organized their house is because visual noise may be harder for them. And, and they may be a little bit more impulsive because they don't like how they're feeling and so they want to fix it fast. Whereas the person that's not, not high on the neurotic scale has, maybe has more patience. They kind of go with the flow a little bit more. They handle stress better. They're not as, they're not as overwhelmed as easily.
So the next one is the extroversion scale, and this is a little bit different than when we talked about the Myers-Briggs, the extroversion being where we draw energy from. The extroversion, when we manage this, has six facets, and it's we, we first measure there's three interpersonal traits of assertiveness. If you are high on the extroversion scale in this particular test, you're going to have a lot of warmth, you're going to be very gregarious, you're going to be very social. And, and that warmth and that gregariousness, that, that just inborn confidence is what people that, that score high on this. There's also temperamental traits like they like a lot of activity, they are high um, energy, they are, they are very adventure-seeking, and they have the ability to really experience a wide range of emotion and handle a lot of emotion. And so this is a little bit different than when we talk about the extroversion-introversion scale because in the Myers-Briggs, I'm always an introvert because I need a lot of alone time to re, you know, regenerate and replenish. And I like one-on-one -on -one conversations much better than I like crowds. But when I take the personality test, I'm high extroversion because I'm very warm and gregarious, and I'm very high, high adventure-seeking and very confident. So the third one, this is we measure openness to experiences. And these people, the more, the higher you score on openness to new experiences, you're going to be, you're going to have a more vivid imagination. They have a appreciation for art and beauty. They're sensitive in this way. They're open, openness to action. And they're always willing to try something new. They're open to ideas, to knowledge, just for the sake of knowing. So they are very much wanting experience. And, and they are much more open-minded. So they are going to be less judgmental in many ways. And they're open to feelings. And they feel often strongly about really important things that provide meaning to them. So they're going to be very passionate people as well. These are going to be people that get behind a cause, and they're going to make that thing happen. Now, the fifth one that we measure is what we call agreeableness. And agreeableness, this is opposite of antagonism or contrariness. This is a, this is a person that's like, when you think about Winnie the Pooh, we have Eeyore and we have Tigger. This is going to be Tigger. And because antagonistic people may be skillful manipulators, but they also are aggressive and hostile. They can be less patient. They set themselves against people. They can be skeptical. They can be very unsympathetic. And so the agreeableness is this opposite to that. So when you, have, when you, when you score low on the agreeable agreeableness um, continuum, you're going to be less patient. You're going to be more skeptical. You're going to be more un unsympathetic. You may be uh, more judgmental. You may, um, you may have a harder time attaching to people. So this agreeableness has a lot to do with my flexibility and how flexible I am as a person. And then the last one is conscientiousness. And if you score high on conscientiousness, then you probably really like to work. You're very hardworking, very ambitious, very energetic. You're scrupulous, persevering. You have a very strong desire to make something of yourselves. 
These are, these are people that are compelled to succeed. And so they're the ones that are, that are going to push themselves a lot harder. They may be workaholics. They may really struggle with workaholic, being a workaholic. But the conscientiousness pieces, they can't, they really, if you score high on conscientiousness, you're going to have a really hard time with what you think are, is a lazy person or somebody that does not put the time and effort into doing their job well. Or someone that is kind of like cuts corners and, and maybe bends rules. So your conscientiousness, these are the people that do not like breaking rules. Now, that doesn't mean that, that they are not um, very assertive and, and can be very aggressive. But they have a tendency to really value hardworking, honest, conscientious people. So I'm hoping that it helps you to look at this. I know it can be kind of complicated, and you may want to listen to it a couple of times. You can also research some of it online. But it's helpful. The better that we understand ourselves and where we are on these continuums, the better version we can be because we can be more responsible with ourselves. And it's extremely important that as you hear these, the way I'm describing these things, that you do not think there's a good or bad. There is not a good or bad in these. The good or bad is my own character, how I manage. So if I don't score high on conscientiousness, then what that means is that I may need to work on tightening things up a little bit. However, one of the reasons God would make someone with, to be lower on the conscientiousness scale is because these are the people that are really easy to be around. They're fun. They're very easygoing. They're, they're lighthearted in many ways. They're not so tightly wired, right? And, and so you want to think about the fact that however it is that God made you, you want to be a responsible version of that so that it blesses the world because that's why God made you that way is to bless his people and his world. So we're going to talk the rest of, the, the rest of this half hour today about this idea that living peacefully in a world that demands our immediate attention. How do we do this? Now that we understand ourselves a little bit better, how do we live peacefully in a world that is not at peace with itself at all? How do we be peacemakers without going against our own value system? So the first thing I want you to think about, and the reason this is helpful if you learn these, you will do relationships much better if you learn how to live peacefully without going against your value system. So the first one, this is practicing the power of pause. I don't have to do anything immediately and nobody can make me do anything. This is really important. In our world, it is so fast-paced, we actually think that's the natural pace of humans. And I talk frequently to my clients about the fact that we are living a pace we were not intended to live. Technology, cars, airplanes, all these things, you know, they're just, just checking out at the grocery store, is at such a rapid pace that it isn't really natural for humans, and we are feeling the effects of it. It's really harmful to our health. I'm not saying that we still need to be in the world, right? 
But there's this wonderful book called The Three Mile an Hour God, and it was a gentleman that talked about that the pace of humans is three miles an hour. That's how fast they walk. And Jesus walked the earth. So he wasn't able to jump in a helicopter and fly from city to city. He had to walk. And when you think about the pacing of humans, that the the first time we were able to go faster than what we were hardwired to go was horses. So you want to understand that when we are pacing ourselves with the world, the world is still going at its same pace. The seasons are still happening at the same time. There's still 24 hours in a day. And we are constantly trying to defy those limits. Now, I'm all for cars. I like them. I love, I, I love phones. I, love, I, I do. I, I love these things. But I have to always remind myself that just because I can go 60 miles an hour in a car does not mean that that's a healthy pace to do the rest of my life. So I need to practice the power of pause and recognize I don't have to do anything immediately. And no one can make me do anything. I'm an adult. I'm the one that decides what God is directing me to do. And so one of the ways that you can practice the power of pause is what I call the three B's. So I don't have to do anything immediately unless... It's one of the three B's, and the three B's is blood, broken bones, nobody's breathing. Somebody's not breathing. Then I have to do something immediately. If there's blood involved, I need to do something immediately. If there's a broken bone, I need to do something immediately. If somebody's not breathing, I need to do something immediately. Otherwise, I have time. And just because someone else's nervousness or upset or compulsion That doesn't mean I have to be compelled. So they may want it right now, but that doesn't mean I have to join in with that anxiety. Then I say to myself, is this in line with my value system? It's very important to live at peace in a world that is not peaceful, is to know my own value system and not break my own value system. This is what makes you a dependable partner. This is what makes you a dependable friend. This is what makes you a safe friend, a safe spouse or partner or employee, is to know your own value system and be committed to following it and not breaking it, even if you're allowed to because the world is letting us break all kinds of rules we would have never dreamed we would break. And you are your own adult. You are in charge of you. You answer to God. And so even if everybody else is going to let you get away with it, even if everybody else says, oh, don't worry about it, you can do that, nah, it doesn't matter, you decide, is that right for me? Is that in line with my value system? And you may want to take time and really actually write down, what is my value system? And those, those are things like, do I want to be an honest person, a forthright person, kind, um, What are the Christian tenets, right? Practicing the love chapter. Do I want to be someone that wants to be responsible with my time and my money? Is that a value to me? Is it a value to me to spend time with other humans? Is it a value to me to spend time with my family? And those are your, your own decision. There is not a right or wrong to any of those. So we want to really be 
identifying our own value system and what that means. So join me again tomorrow. We are going to keep working on living peacefully in a world that is not peaceful, in a world that demands my immediate attention. So I hope you have a great day. Make sure you listen to the show on the podcast if you couldn't listen to it in its entirety. And certainly pass them on to your friends. We want the world to be a healthier place. So God bless you in your day. And I really look forward to talking with you tomorrow. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.